Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. Welcome to the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Thomas from Virginia Outdoors Unlimited, and we discuss canoes and kayaks, the pros and cons, um, which one we both use, and just all things small watercraft when you're hunting. And just a little heads up, Elliot was unable to make the podcast this week, so we went on without him, but he'll be back in our next podcast. So without any further ado, let's jump into the podcast. All right, let's go ahead and we'll just jump into uh, the main topic for tonight. We just, you know, just to throw that out here, we haven't had a lot of time to prep. Um, so if you guys are wondering, I guess I should, should explain this where Elliot's at tonight. Um, he couldn't, he couldn't be here. Uh, just he had other things he had to attend to, and the guest for tonight also couldn't be here. Um, family sick, so we're gonna reschedule him. And yeah. Uh, super pumped to be able to have Virginia Outdoors short notice saving the day coming on the podcast. <laughs> so really appreciate it. My pleasure. It, My pleasure. And so uh, I can't remember if I said this already, but if not, uh, the topic for tonight is um, canoe and kayak tips and tricks. So yeah. All right. So let's jump right into it. So. Um, for those of you that don't know, I primar- primarily hunt from a canoe, or not from a canoe, but with a canoe, and um, Virginia Outdoors, he is mostly going with the kayak, so that'll be our unique perspectives and kind of throwing out what we've learned over the years hunting from our uh, duck vessel of choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, first, first tip I will say from the canoe, I learned... Um, you know, the best way, learned it the hard way. <laughs> Chief, calm down, buddy. <laughs> uh, I learned it the best the best way. Learned it the hard way. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We got a dog interrupting the podcast. Calm down, buddy. We'll go fetch after we're done with the podcast. <laughs> oh, buddy. All right. I'm going to have to edit this out for the podcast. But anyways, so... This guy is actually who taught me the lesson the hard way. So when Chief was a pup, he was about seven months old, and uh, <laughs> um, we went out in the river, and I was kind of testing it out with him, testing out the canoe. Just got the canoe. Just got um, just got Chief, you know, not too long ago. And so we go out there, and I'm sitting in the back of the canoe on the seat, and he's sitting at my feet. So we don't have any other gear with us, and uh, the, the canoe's – center of gravity was you know way off and tipsy turby and he ends up tipping us out of the canoe it's actually in a video way 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 back on my channel but um (laughs) (laughs) he tips us out so you know i did some internet exploring kind of like figuring that out because that's something you don't want to happen during hunting season um like if you're going in a canoe by yourself or with a dog which a lot of people think is crazy but if you're doing it right you've trained your dog it's not a problem um so the first tip would be to do it before season you know test those things out if you've never done it and uh you know go take it out there and learn from your mistakes so the thing that i learned to make it more stable when you go in a canoe is you flip it around you sit 
on your knees in the front. So you, you, how do I explain this? So the back, the back seat is further back in a canoe than the front seat. So if you tip that around, turn it all the way around 180 degrees and you're on your knees and that part of it, you're really close to the center of the boat. And, um, I mean, you can even do it from the seat, but I even went, you know, a little further and, um, you know, and then another thing is you use the kayak paddle instead of the canoe paddle and, you know, getting there in the center, center of the boat and having the kayak paddle, uh, you really can increase your stability um, compared to just having the single paddle in the back. And that's if you're going solo in a canoe, which is the majority of the way I go. Gotcha. Yeah. I know that's kind of the reason I always stuck to the kayak is because um, when I'm in, when I'm in it by myself, I mean, my kayak's 30 inches and a half. So, I mean, you have to physically try to flip it, like get on one side of it and put your whole body out just to be able to flip it. Um, and I've actually, I know a couple of buddies who flipped kayaks before and been put in sticky situations. So that was mm. kind of my idea with going with the kayak when I started. Yeah, I've seen, uh, you know, I live next to, you know, maybe 30 minutes away from a pretty big river. And um, I think it was tourists from China, but another country, this is a few years ago, and they were in kayaks and they didn't know what they're doing. And they flipped over and they actually drowned. Oh, wow. Yeah, those cl- those close top kayaks you have to be careful with, especially if you flip them. Um, that's why I actually went with the open top. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah. one of one of my tips is probably pretty obvious, but it's something I've kind of heard in multiple YouTube videos, um, and I kind of seen it myself. If you so if you're hunting out of a kayak or kind of a layout boat or something of that nature, um, kind of a kayak in my case, if you can get out of it and shoot from a position out of your kayak where you're not laying out in it. I think you have a you have much better percentage shooting. Um, I remember watching some of Ellis' videos. I think from last season, where he said like as soon as he went into the layout boats later in the season, his shooting percentage dramatically dropped. And I kind of saw the same thing. It's just because you know when you're when you're sitting down or you're if you're kind of in a blind, you're able to get your gun up quicker. You don't have you know so much stuff to fumble with. You don't have stuff to get caught on. And then the kayak, you know. I always feel like I'm so much less concealed in the kayak or in a layout boat that I try to wait until the last possible minute and then I'm rushing my shots. So if you can, you know, hide your kayak back in the brush and then hunker down in the brush somewhere or build a tiny little blind, I think it gives you a lot better shooting opportunities than, you know, trying to shoot out of the, bl- out of the kayak itself. Hmm. Yeah. I hear you on that. That sounds like some sound advice. Um, so do you, do you hunt at all out of the kayak then? Or you, I know you jump shoot from the kayak. So yeah, I jump shoot from the kayak and I actually use the kayak kind of like a diver layout boat when I hunt the big river because our rules on the big river are kind of different. Um, a lot of like smaller rivers I hunt are on public land so I can get out of the kayak and walk on land and do all that stuff. Um, when I hunt the big river, normally like the property around where I'm hunting is all private. So if I step on the land, I'm trespassing basically. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to build a blind. So what I normally do is I will tie off to like a cypress tree or I'll just drop anchor. And normally I do that when I'm hunting divers or geese or something like that, where cover's not as big of a deal. Like when I'm hunting puddle ducks, I can't get away with just hiding in my kayak. Um, but yeah, I do use, I do shoot out of it, but typically only when I'm hunting the big water or when I'm floating down the river, jump shooting. Nice. Yeah. I guess, um, uh, that's nothing I ever have to worry about. Cause I'm, definitely not tempted to <laughs> shoot from the canoe i guess i have done it a couple times but um the canoe is just so unstable compared to a kayak that um like i'd never shoot from from a seat uh i was mm-hmm. I, I was crouched down in the canoe 
and um, you know, jump shot and some geese, but um, you know, yeah, you can't really do that from a canoe. <laughs> At least yeah, I can safely. Yeah, I, I can actually, that was something my dad was always worried about. Like when I started to get into kayak hunting without him, he wouldn't let me go because he was always afraid I was going to shoot and tip it over. But I've shot completely broadside, three and a half inch shells out of that kayak, like completely to my left or right. And when I'm shooting to my right, because I'm right-handed, it is more awkward, but I can shoot to my left three and a half inch shells at geese or something like that. And I'm completely fine. The kayak won't tip. So mm. it is... Um, is pretty stable yeah that's definitely one reason that i've considered because there's a lot of times a rule up on ducks or uh you know come up and i you know i i really don't have that option to shoot or i don't feel safe doing especially with chief and the canoe um maybe it'd be all right from a canoe but probably not i wouldn't risk it and then you know especially with chief if he gets a little jumpy after a shoot sees the bird go down and before i get my balance back if he's jumping out (laughs) i could be swimming so. Yeah, it's a lot harder with a dog. I haven't even tried it yet with a dog. I don't think I ever probably will. My kayaks don't have, you know, by the time I put de- decoys and all that stuff in them, I never have space for a dog. So mm-hmm. I know that um, uh, High Prairie Sportsman pulls his his uh, decoys behind his kayak. Uh huh. So I don't actually know how much. At... I don't know how much like uh you know drag that's gonna cause compared to like you know have them in there obviously it's better to have them in there if you have the space but if you don't i don't know how hard that's going to be to row yeah i've looked at that before the thing with me is that like a lot of the areas i hunt are super like i guess like loggy so like a lot of the rivers i hunt i'm like weaving in and out through trees so if i was dragging something behind me it'd be kind of inevitable that like i'd probably get it caught or tipped over and then that would just be a whole nother big mess in the dark trying to retrieve all my Mm. stuff yeah i hear you yeah. So another another big pro for the canoe um, compared to the kayak, if you're kind of comparing the two, is you can get a lot more gear in there. And like you said, like you don't necessarily have room for a dog. I know with Elliot's kayak, which I think he has a bigger one, he can put Izzy kind of behind him on the kayak. Mm-hmm. But like in a canoe, you know, I can put a lot more. I feel like a lot more gear than you could get in in a kayak and so that's one of the reasons like when i when i was first you know deciding on you know kayak between kayak and canoe um you know i guess the two major factors were the amount of gear you can get in a canoe and then also being able to take another person because when i started off i I wanted to be able to take some people with me um Mm -hmm. that didn't necessarily duck hunt so they wouldn't have their own way of getting out there which yeah in a perfect world you'd have both because the kayak is 100 percent better for one person i think um but the canoe you know aside from the fact of not being able to take as much gear but the canoe you know two people but then if you go like that then obviously like a john boat's better for three people or more so yeah so one thing i kind of learned this is something that i definitely think i'm gonna i learned this season i'm gonna utilize next season but if you can bring a kayak in like so I'm, I'm sure you, you've seen the videos, you know, where we take out the big boat, um, the bigger boat we have. Yeah, so, yeah I've like, seen those, yeah. Yeah, so um, in those, like, whenever we shoot a duck or a bird or anything like that, and those are just want to change the decoys, you have to pull up the boat anchor, you have to start the engine, if the engine starts, which seems to be a problem with us. <laughs> um, start the engine, drive all the way out there. You know, any birds that are going to be, near, be nearby are going to get spooked up go pick up the bird when picking up birds out of the out of that high boat you know you have to lean over the water it's dangerous and all that so 
I found that if you can bring, especially after I got my nine and a half foot kayak, which is my smaller one, if you can bring that in when you bring your big boat or when you bring your duck boat. So we have an 18 foot duck boat and then put the nine and a half foot kayak in the front of that and everybody gets in the back. Um, it makes duck hunting so much easier. I can set up the decoys um, twice as fast. I can go pick up birds without scaring other birds. Um, it just really makes everything so much easier. And um, I actually got the idea through YouTube. You know, someone, I had had the idea before. I didn't think it would work. And then someone um, commented a couple of times and I figured I'd try it. We tried it on one of the last days of the season and it worked out beautifully. I mean, I was able to just throw the kayak out of the boat, go retrieve any birds. If there was any cripples, I was able to tra chase them a half a mile downstream um, and it cut down on losing a lot of birds and things like that. So I think that's, if you're able to bring a kayak or some other sort of small boat, when you bring your duck boat, it can cut down. Um, it can just make your, your life easier. Awesome. Yeah. So would you say that's uh, better or worse than having a duck dog? I'd say, I'd say it's better in that, um, you know, you can control it yourself. You know, like if you send your duck dog off, especially on the big water, um, and your duck dog goes out halfway into the river, that can cause problems in its, of itself. But, you know, having a duck dog is just such a nice thing. It's so, you know, it, I feel like I don't really get to appreciate it as much because I don't have a dog, like get to see it actually bring the birds back. Um, I've never got to really experience that that much. But I, um, you know, I just like the idea of like being able to control myself. And I've always like hunted with dogs who haven't had the best control. So um, not having to deal with those control issues is a nice idea to me. But I definitely think having a duck dog would also be awesome. Yeah, I think that uh, probably a kayak on average compared to a duck dog would be better, but then like an awesome duck dog. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> and also a duck dog can't shoot. A duck dog can't shoot if, a, if it's like a diver diving up and down, um, which is yeah. nice, especially when you're in a kayak. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Iowa Plainsman is saying that he pulls his decoys in a sled behind him and uh, he also got the Ascend, the same as Elliot, the Ascend H12, which, man, I've been hearing a lot of people getting those. So um, another guy uh, in the Fellowship of the Duck Gun group today was showing a picture of the one he got, and then I think it was uh, Zach was saying that he got one as well. So a bunch of people have these H12s Ascend. Uh -huh. so, um, and he's saying they're kind of like a, a hybrid canoe kayak, and it kind of takes um, – it helps with that storage issue that you have compared a kayak compared to a canoe. Yeah. I've looked at those. They look, they look really awesome. It's just, you know, I already have two kayaks. I definitely go for a third one if I ever had a chance, but, uh, I like got to stick with the two I have, I guess. Yeah. And I, uh, I guess my next pro to a canoe and kayak hunting kind of goes for both because, um, the thing about those is you can really get into a lot of places that you can't, you know, if you're, you're going with, uh, the big, the big duck boats, mm -hmm. um, unless unless you have a surface drive, but even then you you can't um, necessarily portage a, a duck boat, you know, <laughs> through some of the small areas. So mm -hmm. one thing that that I can do with my canoe that you know people with those bigger boats can't, um, you know, I can navigate through some small areas, and uh, you know my secret spots just off the river, and it's up some creeks, and and you're not getting through there with a the boat. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I mean, you got to kind of wiggle and wind your way uh, through some tight spots up a creek into, you know, a big marsh. Um, well, not, not a big marsh, but, you know, a nice, nice sized area where the ducks can go that the people can't. Yeah, that's definitely like 
if you, that takes the cake for me, like in terms of everything about small watercraft kayaks and canoes, just the fact to be able to get where people aren't, um, you know, pressure is such a big thing, especially now in modern water fouling that, uh, you know, being able to get where other people aren't, you know, it, it, up, it ups your, the amount of birds you kill exponentially, I think. Yeah. One thing that I've been considering doing with the canoe that, um, I haven't yet, but, uh, I think it'd be really cool to put a trolling motor on a canoe Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you see people get those kind of fixtures, you put them in the back, they kind of pinch on, um, and then they have a plate off to the side and the, and the, um, the trolling motor mounts right there. And then you just kind of take the handle and right there and you're sitting there. So that's one thing I've considered and you can get, the thing is, I, I have no idea how trolling motors like how much force you get like a 30 pound force like used um trolling motor for like 50 dollars off of like facebook mm-hmm. marketplace or something and i have no idea like is that going to be enough force to push me upstream with me one other person my dog and all my gear or is that going to be like a snail's pace and i'm just better off with the paddle yeah i don't know i know the only time i've ever seen one of those in a hunting situation and i was on um, my favorite river super it's like the most wooded river i know there's tons of trees beaver dams things like that and i just was some guy came buzzing past me like this is a spot no one hunts this guy comes buzzing past me in his canoe we talked <laughs> for a little bit but he had his dog he had a bunch of gear in there and he just had a little um little trolling motor and just was whipping up the river being able to go around all the trees so it's something i definitely thought about before but it's just kind of a convenience issue yeah yeah so was I guess, it one of those uh black and yellow ones or i can't i don't, I don't know <laughs> i don't even know it was it wasn't even last season it was the season before so it's been a little bit of ways now um so i guess my next thing it kind of goes into the whole trolling motor thing a little bit but um i really like how quiet the kayak is like in terms of just getting into your spots and getting out of them um I think people, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think some people underestimate like how much being quiet helps. Like I was able to sneak into so many spots where when I set up in the morning, I was within a hundred or 200 yards of the ducks and I was able to basically just pull them right off their roost and pull them right down into this little hole. And, you know, if you drove your big duck boat in there with a motor, you'd probably flush every single bird out of that pool in the morning. Um, so being able to get into your spot super quiet and like even if you're walking in the woods a lot of the times um, i'm able to like paddle up the river without having my uh, flashlight or my headlight on just because when the moon shines off the water you can see everything versus if you're walking in the woods you're gonna be walking into briars and all that stuff if you don't have your headlight on so being able to paddle up without a light on with no noise i've been able to get into some really awesome spots where the birds were super close in the morning and they never even knew i was there until i started shooting nice man just hearing all that's getting me ready for season getting yeah out i know <laughs> in, in nature cold mornings yeah guys yeah I'm just, I'm just ready for dove hunting man like that's one of my favorite <laughs> things like i love dove hunting just so much as much as so much almost as much as duck hunting so i'm really pumped up for that hmm. i did not I, I went dove hunting last year and i don't know if we just don't have them that much around my area but um I didn't kill that many. <laughs> yeah, that. we've always, we've always been hit or miss. I think last season I've had we had our best hunt ever. We killed between ten of us. Um, we killed three hundred in two days, which is Holy a two man limit each day. So yeah, it was a great hunt. It was some great hunts. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. All at the same farm. 
all at the same farm. We hunted, we hunted a barn one morning and then the second morning we hunted or the second day, or well, you actually have to hunt in the afternoons here. So the first afternoon we hunted a barn, it was raining and we killed our birds. Um, it was actually two groups of us that day. So two groups, two groups of um, five. And then the second day we all hunted all 10 together. We actually gathered around this like cut corn field. And basically the birds all came in in the, in the early afternoon and then we just encircled them and they couldn't get out. So they were just bouncing off us and we limited out in like two hours. It was really awesome. Huh. So I don't know, like if that's even a thing here, like if that's even possible, because that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. One thing I've been toying with, we're kind of getting off subject, but I guess mm-hmm. we're still re- related to hunting and, you know, working on gun work um, mm-hmm. is going for pigeon. And I've been kind of keeping my eye out for, you know, farms that have a lot of pigeon, you know, just to work chief and, um, you know, keep myself sharp on the gun. And, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's something I've got to do, though. I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, I know um, Kill Him Outdoors. I'm not sure if you've seen him. He does a lot of pigeon hunting up in New York. And they, that looks like a lot of fun up there, decoying pigeons and all that. And you can do it year round because they're uh, a nuisance animal. Yep. Yep. Same here with the nuisance animal, but I haven't tried it yet, but yeah. maybe in the next few weeks, I just need to get out, scout and, uh, you know, go out knock on some doors. I want the thing. I'm kind of curious how people are going to react to that. Cause it's not like a common thing. Like, Hey, can I go shoot the pigeons that you know? <laughs> and, like people hate them, but yeah. You know, are they going to feel a little leery, you know, letting a guy just kind of set up in the field, not too far away from their, the barn. And like a lot yeah. of places that I've noticed that have them around deer are like cow farms. Cause all the manure yeah. and, uh, you know, usually you find kind of an old rundown barn where the pigeons can get in easily in a pir- mm-hmm. pile of manure and that's your golden ticket. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, um, I know a buddy of mine has success. He takes an air rifle out for them um out here in western because there's a bunch of cattle farms out in western virginia and the guys like they won't let you shoot shotguns around their cows but if you take an air rifle up into the barns you can shoot all the pigeons you want because the cows won't spook Mm. Hmm. so what's it do if they spook the cows well if you spook the cow with a shotgun um if you get uh, you know 50 cows all moving the same direction away from a shotgun blast the fence isn't holding them back and then you have to go run run down your cattle fix your fence and it's a whole big mess Mm, yeah i can see that being a problem (laughs) so anyways let's jump back to the canoes and kayaks Mm -hmm. yeah you want to go next uh sure let me think of one real quick <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think of one myself kind of pros and cons um i guess cons for a con of cat canoe um uh, would be that you can't you, you can't get as far with them you know if you have mm-hmm. you know a bigger duck boat you can get further away from the people that way um i know one thing that elliot does that kind of gives him an advantage which i don't have a duck boat so i can't do this but uh um they take their boat with their kayaks and they get as far as they can with the big boat and then they take uh you know their smaller crafts and and uh they're able to kind of get out where other people can't Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of like along the same lines as bringing my um, kayak with me just to retrieve birds i want to try doing what elliot does next year and like bring the boat somewhere, park the boat and then take the kayaks back into like a little Creek or something. So I think, yeah, that would definitely, do you have other um, people that kayak hunt with you or, um, 
my buddy um, Chase, who I hunted with a lot this year, he has a couple kayaks, but they're not very big ones. I think they're like nine foot kayaks, eight foot kayaks. Um, so he does come kayak hunting with me a little bit. Uh, he tends to stick to some smaller water. Um, but besides that, you know, I've met some people on YouTube, stuff like that, who live in my state, um, but never really put anything together in terms of uh, hunting with other people out of the kayaks. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't actually have anybody who hunts kayaks or canoes with me, but um, I do, you know, one of the, the people that I hunt with, or a couple of them, they have the mm-hmm. layout boats, like the, I don't know if they're the actual beaver tail brands mm-hmm. or not, but they have the full layout boats, um, which is, you know, you can kind of kind of get somewhere with those, but those those have kind of like a weird, they work really well, the, the kind of layout boats. Mm-hmm. work well in like stagnant water and they can get they, they ride even higher in the water than the canoe like my canoe will bottom mm-hmm. out like on sand or you know a, a log before theirs will but like um coming back upstream with those layout boats because they have to have such great amount of surface area touching the water to get them that high up that they're having so much more drag coming back upstream so like i'll just cut right through the water you know mm-hmm. with my kayak paddle and canoe and uh, and you know they're kind of almost to the point where they can't make it. <laughs> yeah. I guess another. Oh, I just had it in mind. How did I forget it? Um, oh, another kayak tip. This is. Uh, I guess it's a pretty general tip, but if you're gonna hunt out of a kayak, a kayak or a canoe, uh, make sure all your gear is waterproof. Um, waterproof bags, waterproof clothes, because. When I used to hunt out of a kayak the first time, I had like a non-waterproof backpack. And every hunt, I'd be like, how is my stuff getting soaked? Like every time, all my stuff is getting soaked. Um, and I eventually like realized that basically every time you paddle, you're just spraying water everywhere. And you yeah. don't think it would accumulate, but all those little water mists, you know, accumulate on the bag. And it just ends up soaking everything. If you're not wearing waterproof jacket and, wa- and waders, you know, your clothes are going to get soaked. Um, and it's best to keep your gun in, gun in the... Um, in a waterproof uh, what, uh, bag or whatever so that, you know, you don't get water all over, especially in freezing conditions. If you get up there and it gets real cold early in the morning and you have water on your gun, that's not going to work out well. So, you know, if you can keep all your stuff waterproof, it'll help, uh, you know, basically keep your stuff in better condition and keep your stuff running better. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. And uh, you can get like, some of the blind bags they make are waterproof. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the the Sitka one, the Sitka Sling Pack, and uh, I think it's called the Sitka Sling Choke Pack. It's like uh-huh. their smallest pack, uh, and I don't know. That's kind of a weird name, but um, <laughs> 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 or is it Full Choke? I can't remember. Anyways, it's the Sitka Sling Pack, and uh, but it's not waterproof. Like if it sits in a puddle of water, um, you know you're in trouble. But mm-hmm. uh, it is water resistant. So the water will kind of roll off of it. Um, so yeah, you have to take, you know, in a, in my state, at least you got to take life preservers. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have to have to in your kayak. So what I do is because like you're saying with the water pooling everywhere, um, I'll take those and I'll lay them in each corner of the canoe mm-hmm. and then you can stack your stuff on top of it, you know? And so that blind bag is never sitting in there, even if it's raining or snowing, the snowing's melt, the snow's melting or, you know, your paddle, like you said, it's, you're throwing water in there and you do, you get like a decent amount in your canoe. Um, yeah. and that kind of brings me to another, you know, another tip. If you have a, a dog and this took me a long time to realize that you have to, you have to train that, train that dog from when they're a puppy to, uh, you know, sit still, sit in the middle of the canoe, um, which takes some time. But once you get them to do that, 
Chief will sit there, you know, all day, sit there in the middle. And, uh, you know, if he gets off balance, um, he knows what the word back means and he'll scooch back a little mm-hmm. bit right into center. But if, if the canoe f- fills up with water, especially in cooler conditions, he doesn't want to be sitting in that water that's sloshing all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I, I've realized a tip for him is, um, or for dog owners is to have, um, something for your dog to sit on and actually what he sits on is this blind because we're taking it anyway and uh, i'll set the blind in in the canoe and he can sit on top of that it raises him up you know just a little bit and Mm -hmm. uh you know he's not sitting straight in that water um and anyone that's a dog gunner will tell you the the dog's not going to sit in a puddle of water for very long so (laughs) yeah yeah i guess uh another tip for me is that um if you're gonna bring in a, especially in a kayak, we talked about the storage issue. If you're going to bring uh, decoys and if you're going to try to bring a lot of decoys, you gotta, you kind of have to be um, creative in terms of like how you do it. So I've, you know, what I basically do now and I think is a good idea is that just bring as many bungee cords as you can and just strap decoys down in bags to as many places as you can. I got to the point last season where I was able to carry three dozen um, mallard decoys with me in the kayak so i do two bags on the back um run a couple bungee cords and then one bag on the front and run a bu- couple bungee cords and you know it makes your kayak heavy but you know you just gotta um all kayaks come with the weight capacity so just keep an eye on that weight capacity make sure you're not going over it um or at least try don't get close to it because you're going to be approximating probably um but yeah if you're gonna bring um if you're going to bring decoys in the kayak, you know, you have to think outside the box. If you just try to put them in the, in the easy areas. And if you try to put them in there without bags, especially you got to have bags if you're um, hunting out of a kayak with decoys. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my little tip. Yeah. And kind of to piggyback off that, you know, um, when you're taking all that gear in a canoe or kayak, usually you're trying to, I mean, you're kind of maxing out um, Mm -hmm. with the amount of gear you can take. You got to be, you know, aware of how you're positioning that gear. Um, Mm -hmm. And in a canoe, you don't want to have it like you weighted down too much in the back Mm -hmm. too much in the front because if you have everything in the back your front's going to be up and you're going to be unstable and that front will kind of act if it's windy it'll act like a cell because it's not even in the water Mm -hmm. um and that's another reason that i sit kind of towards the middle to help with that weight distribution but then once you start you know if you're if you're taking like uh your dog you're taking um you know like six dozen full body floaters for geese Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all that kind of gear you have, you just have to be aware of where you're putting it, where you're going to be in the canoe and, uh, you know, balancing everything out, um, you know, as far as left to right and front to back. Gotcha. And kind of the optimal is just having the front end uh, slightly lighter than the back end. So um, kind of gives you a better way to just cut through the water if, you're, if your nose of your canoe is a little up compared to the back. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, this might only apply to me, but my kayak, so what I do with my kayak is um, I have like little hatches on it and they're like screw on hatches. So you have to unscrew them in the morning and I keep my scupper plugs in there. Um, And for people who don't know, scupper plugs are basically, you have holes in your kayak on a sit on top kayak and you put these little scupper plugs in the holes so that water doesn't come in and out. And then you can pull the scupper plugs at the end of your hunt and drain all the water that's accumulated out of it. but what I learned the hard way is if you ever have those little screw on latches and if you have anything in there you need, make sure you loosen them the night before if you have a hard freeze. Because I went out a couple times this season and I couldn't even get my scupper plugs out of the thing. Like I would take a hammer and bang on the um, bang on the 
patches and I just couldn't get my scupper plugs out. And I ended up having to like work out a plan B because, you know, the scupper plugs that keep my kayak floating were frozen in the kayak itself. And also my paddle leashes were in there. So if you do have like essential parts of your kayak, paddle leashes, things of that nature, um, either keep them outside of your kayak or if you do keep them in there, keep the um, latch or keep the latches, um, not the latches, or just the screw um, screw on lids real loose so that you don't have freezing problems. Gotcha. Um, I guess another tip would be um, I kind of touched on it earlier, kind of mentioned it, but I didn't explain it very well. Is mm-hmm. with the canoe, I go with the kayak paddle, and even if I'm going with two people now, I go with that kayak pedal paddle mm-hmm. because uh you you're just so much more efficient with a kayak paddle i don't know why people mm-hmm. use canoe paddles at all honestly <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it's just like so by yourself right um like let's say for example like you're going upstream and, I, and i've been there and this is how you know i decided to go with the kayak paddle um you know i'm just canoeing right and so you canoe on one side and you start to turn to the other side and that that motion is exaggerated when you're going upstream because it starts to pull you real hard and then you Mm -hmm. fumble with the paddle and you get over to the other side and then you paddle over there a few times and then you start going back this way and the whole time every time you switch you're losing momentum and if and and people that kayak and canoe uh will will know how important it is to keep your momentum Mm -hmm. Um, because once you lose that you're kind of just losing energy you got to start again and uh, with that kayak paddle, you're just one side in, one side, like other side, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh-huh. And it's just so smooth and seamless that uh, it just doesn't make sense to use that kayak paddle. You don't lose your, your momentum. If you need to paddle twice to correct uh, direction you're going, you just do it. And then you're, you're ready with the next side right away. And, um, you know, uh, even if I'm with, you know, another person, they have the canoe paddle. Uh, you can use that kayak paddle just fine um, mm-hmm. one side when you need to correct. Because I, I always sit in the back. Um, cause usually, um, I'm bigger than the person I'm going with mm-hmm. and, uh, and to, you get to steer if you're in the back. Um, but yeah, kayak paddle in the canoe, 100%, <laughs> never looking back. Gotcha. So another thing for the kayak, um, is that this is something that I kind of learned the hard way a couple of times. So if you're going to, we talked about kind of packing your, your kayak or canoe with gear. And a lot of the times, like you said, you come really close to that limit and you got to be, you know, you got to be watching for the limit. Um, and one thing I forgot a couple of times this year was to keep in mind when you're packing all your gear in there that you might actually shoot birds. So sometimes <laughs> a couple of times I packed all my gear in there and then I shot a couple of huge honkers and a couple of ducks and I ended up not having anything to do with them. Like I didn't bring any string. I didn't bring anything to wrap around their necks or anything like that. All I had was my little, um, my little, uh, what do you, the thing you carry the ducks with the game strap. strap, game strap. So I ended up having to like really like rig it in a weird way, use the back handle and wrap it around and then drag my ducks and geese behind me in the water. So if you are going to, you know, pack your kayaks to the max, make sure, you know, you have a couple spots to put ducks and geese because that um i think that trip i hung a goose on a log and that took me a little while in fast water (laughs) when i had the geese dragging behind me um and it didn't make for that good of pictures afterwards because all the geese and ducks were uh waterlogged but uh yeah if you're gonna hunt out of a kayak make sure you have room for your birds nice um the next one that i got is kind of like a, a a warning um you know a safety kind of warning that uh you know learning from my own mistakes, but, um, I went to set up in a spot that I'd hunted 
pretty close to previously. It was like across the river, and it was like a small, narrow section of the river. And I've mm-hmm. hunted in you know, this brushy section across the river, and so I paddle up there, and I decide I'm going to hunt from the other side, just you know, because of wind direction, all that kind of stuff. And I can see the bottom, and it's a evening hunt, and uh, you know, I go to step um, out of my canoe and into the river. And my foot just keeps going, keeps going oh, straight. No. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, um, honestly, I don't remember what happened to chief or if chief even was there, but, um, I, I don't remember what happened on that part of it, but my whole canoe, you know, tipped all the way over and I'm hanging from the top of my canoe. Um, grabbing it with both hands and it's like as far over as it can and I'm like kicking like swimming with the canoe uh-huh. <laughs> and I can't touch bottom because it's just muck and it it wasn't even muck it was like uh, it looked like it was the bottom but it just wasn't so mm-hmm. like the tip is to make sure that you actually know and you have you know the perfect thing to test that your your canoe paddle so yeah. you know just jam it right into the ground make sure it's solid um, you know there's a lot of things that can kind of feel solid uh, where they got holes, so just make sure you're you're careful where you're stepping right out of the canoe. Um, and in that case, you know, I was really close, really really close to going in, and I would have gone in over my waders. Um, you know, I could have tipped the canoe, but luckily, you know, I hang I hung on to it and just kept kicking, and eventually I was able to like pull myself back into the canoe. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's just be careful with that kind of stuff. Make sure you know your spot. And that would have been even worse if it was in the dark. So, you know, always make sure you know your location ahead of time and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and test it out, you know, before you step out of the canoe. Yeah. So kind of along the same lines, a, a different little, a little bit of a different warning from me. Um, if you're going to hunt or hunting out of a kayak or canoe, uh, especially like, I don't know how many people this applies to, but um, a lot of the areas I hunt have like a lot of beaver dams on them, a lot of trees, and the accessibility to them is varies greatly for me dependent on water levels. So like if the water's up around six, seven feet on a particular river, I can paddle straight into that spot. I won't have to do any portages or anything like that. But if the water's at four and a half feet, which is, you know, all the difference is one rain or not, four and a half feet, I'm going to have to make 10 portages. I'm going to have to drag my kayak over, um, over st- uh, bunches of beaver dams and things like that. So my kind of tip and warning is that explore the river at all different water levels. So, you know, if you can scout beforehand, look for days where the water's as, as low as it gets three feet or something and look for days where the water's, you know, almost at flood stage, eight feet or something like that and explore the river at different points so that you know the river in the dark and you're not going, if you're going up a river, paddling up a river, paddling down a river, you're not going to come across any obstacles that you didn't know beforehand. Um, I actually had kind of a little bit of a scary moment. I was hunting and uh, near flood stage waters. I had never hunted this spot when the water was so high. So um, I was actually able, I didn't have to portage at all. This was a different river. I didn't have to portage at all, but um, the water was running really fast and I was paddling upstream really slowly. And I came across, you know, all it was was a tree beforehand, but it had turned into a four foot waterfall with a ton of backflow and it was really nasty. And I saw it and I was like, if I had been floating down the river instead of paddling up and I had gone off that thing, even in my big kayak, like there's a good, decent chance 
I would have got hung up in the backflow or my, all my gear would have spilled out. So, you know, scout out your rivers at all different water levels. And if you're, if, if you're just jump shooting, floating down a river, um, I know a lot of people here in Virginia hunt some really rocky areas with some rapids and float down them, you know, just explore the river at different water levels and don't get complacent and don't try anything stupid in the dark. Um, especially when the water's at a level you haven't experienced before. Yeah, that could have been bad in the dark, but you know, yeah, you could have uh, you know pulled it off. Like if you watch the Olympics where they're doing the kayak races, yeah. <laughs> just ramp over that. I mean, with all your gear and stuff, it probably would have made it difficult. But yeah, I um, think what would have happened there is I would have nosed right down, and I would have gone flying off the front of it. My gear would have gone flying off the front. I would have been in. <laughs> I think it was snowing that day too. I, it was an afternoon hunt, um, and I went up there in the afternoon, like particularly because I wanted to explore and hunt a little bit. Um, but yeah, if I had gone off that in the early morning floating down, it would have been a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. So have you lost any gear kayak hunting or have I lost? Um, I'm trying to think. I definitely have. I lost a shotgun. Um, I got it back though. So me and my buddy, this was actually the first time I had hunted, uh, one of Chase's buddies and I was taking him out into a spot and we were paddling up the river and I get out to portage and this is, it kind of relays into another tip, but, um, I got out to porch and I didn't bring my gun in a case. I just brought my gun. I took my gun out of the case, left the case in the car and was just bringing the gun up and I get out and I just hear and the gun goes into the water. And it was a, where I was standing was about two feet deep, but the area it fell was about five foot feet deep. So we came back down he went home. I got in my underwear, dived, dove in the water in about 30 and I don't know, 35 degree water. Um, couldn't find it. Came back two days later with a huge magnet my dad gave me. Searched it for two hours, and I was giving up. I was so depressed. On the last drop, I pulled up my shotgun. Um, but that was kind of the, the start of the problems with my Benelli, which came into this oh, year. Yeah. Um, it got dirt and grit in it. It wasn't good for a month, and still it's not great anymore. Um, but yeah, so I... Professionally cleaned or something. Yeah. So I lost the shotgun, got that back. And I've lost a couple lights, I think. I've lost um, a box of shells once. I think I've lost... I lost a lanyard once, so I've lost, you know, a decent few things. And, you know, if you can get a bunch of paddle tethers, I've learned that if you can tether as much stuff down to your kayak, you won't lose it. So mm. you, um, I own like eight kayak paddle tethers now, and I use them on everything. Nice. I haven't lost anything, I guess. Um, I've had stuff damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going back to the water thing. So I even have, I have a dry bag, right? And mm-hmm. they're just waterproof bags completely. And you can fold them down and wrap them tight. But for whatever reason, I got into it and left it open. <laughs> then I left no. it at the bottom of the canoe and the water rolled in there. And it like, it ruined, uh, you know, some of my uh, GoPro batteries and, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, that yeah. kind of stuff. And then again, another time I had one of my camera mounts mounted onto the the front of my canoe and whenever i get to my spot i usually flip it over and hide uh-huh. it didn't take the camera mount off just flipped it over and i smashed that and <laughs> luckily the the camera was fine but <laughs> yeah wa- waterproof yeah i actually had the same i had the same thing happen with one of my dry bags i left it in there all season um and had my clothes in it and i was lucky i never flipped that season because on the last day of the season i pulled my dry bag out and it's just soaked. The whole everything in it is soaked. I don't know what happened. I guess it popped a leak or something um, mm. during the season. But everything in there was soaked. So, uh, yeah, the dry bags you definitely have to make sure that they're still dry throughout the season. Don't just leave them in there and hope. Yeah. <coughs> okay, buddy, go go on, buddy. I gotta get my <laughs> my dog down. He's a uh, whining. I don't know what's up with him tonight. So, um, 
Anyways, oh, anything else I damaged? I don't. Oh yeah. So when Chief tipped us when when he was seven months, um, which I wasn't hunting. I was scouting for hunting, you know, and fishing mm-hmm. along the way. But when he tipped us, I lost, uh, you know, one of those like gorilla mount, um, the phone tripods. Mm-hmm. And I lost uh, my iPhone six plus. <laughs> I lost some fishing poles, some fishing tackle. So that was probably the most expensive uh, mess up from the canoe so far. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing that I lost that was pretty funny, I just remembered it now, is I once lost a goose. Uh, it, was, it wasn't that funny <laughs> at the time, but it was, um, I shot a goose and he came down, hit the water so hard. Like I shot him probably 35 yards up. He came down. He looked like he was dead as a doornail. He was doing, you know, the thing they do with their necks where like it looks like it's nerves, but apparently he was still alive. So I threw him in the kayak, walked around, came back 10 minutes later and he was gone like just gone. Um, and I had to spend an hour and a half searching for him. And finally I found him under a log, um, <laughs> with just as, just his head poking out. But yeah, that was not my happiest moment. Cause I wasted a lot of good hunting time looking for that dang goose that I thought was dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this can be slippery. We had one time where me and uh, one of my buddies were out there and he shot it and like, uh, it literally landed uh, like he was standing in like shin high water and I was in the canoe mm-hmm. like further down and uh, he was in the brush still and the, these two geese fly over him and he pops one and it falls and he pops the other one and uh, you know the one falls and it lands like like five feet from him in like mm-hmm. high water and never could find it never could find it and he was standing there the whole time like didn't leave and you know we see it it falls it lands right next to him and then we just never see it so we think mm-hmm. it just dove, dove under and we know ducks dive under and grab grab weeds and uh kill himself but we've never known geese to do that i never had i had never seen a goose dive um i'm not sure if you saw the video it was like my last goose hunt of the season where we killed a bunch of geese um but i had a goose like i was literally in the middle of the lake i didn't shoot it because i was like i'm just gonna paddle it down there's nowhere it's there's nowhere it could go its wing was broken i was catching up to it and she goes down and i'm just sitting there like okay <laughs> pop up your head where are you gonna pop up and the lake was deep it was like 10 12 feet deep goose never came up i also got some cool fitted footage from that video where um like you could see the goose because that water was really clear you could see the geese swimming underwater and i did not know they did that that was something that was really cool for me to see yeah, I've seen that a few times um, out on the river. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, they can be hard to get, you know. I mean, they do I mean, just as well as ducks, honestly. I mean, they go deep, too. I mean, I I saw one of them. He was, I, I'd say I could see 10 feet into the water that day, and he just went into blackness. Luckily, he came up again. But I mean, mm-hmm. they can get really a lot deeper than I think a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So I guess another tip from trying to think of one, probably pretty, um, pretty obvious, but if you can bring concealment, do it, I guess, especially in a kayak, something I've had problems with is concealment out of the kayak. And, um, I kind of, I'm a little bit of a minimalist when it comes to concealment. I like to, um, not kind of go over the top just because, a lot of the times when I get too much concealment, I feel like a lot of my shooting lanes are blocked. I feel like I have trouble getting the gun up and things of that nature. But I think in a kayak, I think especially because it is such like a minimalist way of hunting, you don't have this big duck boat or something like that. If you can find a way of hiding yourself just well enough. So like even just a camo tarp, um, you know, if you can cut down a big limb and pull it over yourself or something of that nature, um, do it because 
I tried hunting. I tried basically for a year hunting out of the kayak with no cover and it works sometimes, but later in the season, you just can't get away with it. So like I said earlier, get out of the boat if you can. And if you can't get out of the boat, um, do bring a little bit of cover because, um, the, the ducks will pick out your body line from the body from the shape of the kayak and they won't just think you're a, a big log or something like that yeah yeah and uh kind of go going along with that when you get out of your kayak or canoe uh, make sure like two two things is make sure you put it you know a decently far you know far away and make sure you hide it well Mm-hmm. Uh, because even if it's for, far away and it's somewhere um, out in the open or not hid well, not covered well, um, you could still flare the birds before they decoy in, you know, depending on their, their trajectory towards you and how they're coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, another a, a tip that uh, Iowa Plainsman just said, um, which I do have one of these, is he says grab a floating gun case. And I have one of those and, and I haven't had to use it yet. But I definitely agree. Um, you know, guns cost a lot of money, mm-hmm. and and you don't want to have you know issues with it getting grit and dirt, and you don't want to lose it either. <laughs> the worst case. Yes. Yeah. As soon as I lost my Benelli, I bought a floating gun case. And kind of to add on to that, if you can get a waterproof floating gun case, it helps a mm-hmm. lot too. Because the first one I got, I assumed it was waterproof, and so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just throw I'll just let it fall into the water, and I take my gun out, and I think it was like a I don't know thirty five degree day. And my gun just is like covered with little ice crystals. I'm like, huh? I thought this thing was waterproof. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, how can they make it floating and not waterproof? Yeah, so it's floating, but it's super permeable. I still actually have that gun case. I let my dad use it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Foul Assassin? Thanks for joining us. What's up, Kurt and Jack? Yep. Uh, and he's also. They're agreeing with you as well on checking the tides, and you know a good resource for that. I don't know, like if every state has this, but you know you can look on on state websites to see the flow the flow charts for rivers. Um, you know if you need to see the tide and how high it's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What's up, Campus Waterfowl? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, what I use is actually one sec. Let me see. I use some um, USGS, so they have a lot of water gauges oh, yeah, in my yeah. state. Um, so I just look at that, and especially with that, like. You can't just look at the water and never have hunted the spot before and and, and, and understand it. Like you have to go and experience it. So you have to go and check the gauge and then check the river. Um, and mm-hmm. you have to get like you have to get used to it because it's weird. Like some four and a half feet versus six feet isn't that big of a deal at one of my spots. But if you go up another foot and a half increment to seven and a half feet, it's a huge difference. So like every river is different and like the different water increments can make huge differences. So you can't just, you know, it's really like a huge learning thing. And I think it's a huge safety thing too, because you never know what's going to pop up, you know, in high water or low water. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just kind of linear. You would like, you think the flow it's a, you know, it's not going to rise up one foot when it's on that chart one foot. It's Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because it's the flow, right? Cubic, isn't in cubic feet? Cubic feet, and then they also have a gauge. And also something I learned is that your water flow levels are going to change throughout the year. So like when I hunted a spot during teal season, seven foot was, wasn't that, or um, was a lot higher than, or what was it? Seven foot water level was a lot higher because there was grass in the water. So the grass was actually increasing the level mm-hmm. of the gauge from like, it was making the water a lot higher than it would have been. So when all the grass died off and it all died, seven foot wasn't that high. 
So it like the grass and the water and the different um, as the water changes over time, like throughout the different seasons, that can also make a big difference. Yeah, that's a interesting thought. I never would would have actually thought of that. The water yeah. displacement from the grass. <laughs> yeah, especially on some of the spots I hunt. I mean, there's so much SAV um, and other aquatic grasses that it can really make a big difference on what your water gauge looks like. Awesome. Well, I think I've about exhausted my tips and tricks for the canoe and kayak. So. I- uh, yeah i have else you want to add yep no i definitely i'm out of ideas as well <laughs> <laughs> all right any last minute questions you guys might have last call for those and uh yeah um thanks for coming on man uh, go ahead and let people know where they can find you on social media yeah so you know, my youtube channel of course is uh my number one i also have an instagram channel um or an instagram account at what is my instagram account i think it's va outdoors on unlimited uh yeah that's what it is and i'll be doing um just hit five thousand subscribers so i will be doing a giveaway pretty soon so make sure to tune in for that and uh yeah that's all i have at the moment i'm definitely going to try to get a facebook sometime in the near future but i haven't got around to that yet nice um who is no go for ice no go for ice oh i think Um, he means like in the kayak um i can actually give a pretty good story on this one so i actually used my 12 foot kayak so this year when we had probably an inch and a half of ice on the river i used my so my buddy chase and his buddy um came with us and they had little nine foot kayaks so they could not break the ice. and i used my 12 foot kayak as a ice cutter what i would actually do is i'd so put it in at first broke a little hole in the ice and then what i do is paddle really fast pass up paddle up down through the ice and break the ice that way um and you do have to be careful because it gets really the ice can be super abrasive on your kayak but you know if you get a thick hold kayak it can be an absolutely incredible tool for breaking ice um and you know you can break it traditionally just by using your bow to just crunch right through it or what my preferred method is is to paddle up on top of the ice and then do a couple like sits and then you just end up smashing through the ice and i broke a basically a channel all the way across the river so me chase and his buddy could go hunt one day nice definitely worth it though in those late season icy hunts usually produce well <laughs> yeah yeah especially well especially for weird ducks too that's what i love about those icy hunts like especially here in virginia we killed so much stuff this year with the ice that we never had seen before <coughs> See when we get icy hunts, I'm still just killing mallards, but <laughs> yeah, we have question, so much Cody. big water that yeah, that was a really good question. Um, that, we get so much big water that we get to like I never shot um, that many bluebills before or ringnecks, and that was really cool. Nice. Uh, thanks for joining us, Jack. We're actually about to sign off. Sorry <laughs> about your luck. Um, you have to join us a little sooner. Hopefully, one of these times. Yeah. Um, uh all right well i think that's all we got for tonight um make sure to yeah, check us thanks. out on fellowship of the duck gun um got the facebook group over there always having some interesting conversations um are you are you in on that over there no i haven't been i'll definitely have to check that out. i've just been out of the, i've been out of the game so long i haven't uh got into all that but uh thank you so much for having me on jordan i had a blast tonight yeah i appreciate you coming on man saved me last minute and uh, <laughs> you know had a great time so yep. anyways guys that's all we got i'm jordan from duck and chronicles and we'll see you guys next time
All right, that's all we got for this week. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in every week and uh, supporting us on the podcast. Quick reminder, if you guys could do us uh, a big favor and give us a a rating and a five-star review, we really appreciate it. And check us out on all our social media platforms. List it down in the show notes. And we'll see you guys next week for another podcast. Let's go. Boy.